shows lean left, some lean right, but we lean local and business. This is North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Benelli. For the next hour, we will celebrate the businesses in our area and the people that run them. Find us on Facebook at North Georgia Business Radio X and online at NorthGeorgiaBusinessRadioX.com. Now, here's Phil Benelli. It all rises and falls with leadership. That applies in business, life, and certainly municipal government. Welcome to the show today, Gainesville Mayor, Mr. Sam Kuvion. Sam, how are you, sir? I'm good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. I got to say, you know, there's only so many mayors that I've known. You got to be the most <laughs> fun mayor. Well, I mean, I do try to have fun and no matter what I do. Um, being the mayor, um, I'm not sure that I, it is always uh, fun, but um, I am certainly honored to be the mayor of Gainesville. I tell people all the time, the fact that I ran for this and the people of Gainesville voted for me is truly one of the highest honors I've had in mm. my life. And uh, just so excited. I get to work with a great staff. Uh, fellow council members, if you don't mind, I'm going to name them. Zach Thompson is our mayor pro tem, and Barbara Brooks, Julie Clay, Danny Dunnigan, of course, served as our first elected mayor, and then also George Wangham. And so we've got a great group uh, and uh, just makes it enjoyable to go go to work with them. Mm -hmm. All-star cast. Ah, I guess so. So for folks who who don't know... um, Tell us about the responsibilities of a mayor and maybe kind of how those compare and contrast with the city council overall. Yeah, so obviously I know about uh, how the city works, having been on the city council for eight years. One of the things that I took when I was a city council member, I never felt like my position was any uh, less important to the mayor as a city council member. Uh, In fact, I often joked with Danny Dunnigan, I said, you know, my vote counted every time. When a city council member, you vote and it counts every time. As the mayor, you only vote if you need that fourth yay Mm. to pass something. So the mayor's vote doesn't count every time. So uh, the importance of city council versus mayor, I really don't want to distinguish that one is more important than the other. I think that it's uh, they're equally as important. Now, there are some uh, responsibilities that come with the mayor that you don't have as a city council member. Um, You probably get uh, asked to be involved in a few more uh, meetings. Um, I think sometimes people just want to talk to the mayor, so they might request a meeting or a conversation that otherwise they would not have. But um, one thing, I I emailed our, our council the other day, and I won't go into the specific topics, but I outlined each one of the council members and thank them for where they had stepped up in a particular uh, with a particular issue. Um, everybody has their passions. Um, we, you know, we don't have anybody that just sits on the, on the side. So uh, yes, mayor does have a few more responsibilities, but I don't think it's any more important than the, than them being uh, one of the council members. Sure. And you were very, uh, you know, it's not like you were just sitting there waiting to step up and do important things as a council member. You're doing big things there and just slightly different role here. I love to hear that, that all of the different council members have different things that they're most focused on. Yeah, I mean, I'll just say about Barbara Brooks. I mean, she's passionate about um, Athens Street. 
the county, Jeff Stowe, he had promised, one of his campaign promises was to get a park over there at the Butler Center. And it took a took a few uh, years, took a few iterations. Maybe they were supposed to go in one spot, didn't work out. But he finally came through with that promise. And then Barbara's been passionate about how can we fix up Athens Street and make a, a crosswalk to get from Harrison Square over to uh, Butler Park. How can we do all these things? That's just one example that Barbara's passionate about, and she'll step up our voting maps. Barbara stepped it up, stepped up on that. So, um, but everybody has that that uh, that passion, and it may not be a personal passion. It may be you know something that a uh, citizen in a neighborhood is mm-hmm. uh, passionate about. So they go to their ward leader, their ward member, uh, whether it's Julie or Zach or George or Danny, and they push that to them. And I'll tell you one thing, none of these council members, they don't dodge any bullets. Mm-hmm. They step up, they don't pass the buck, they you know, grab the bull by the horns and enough cliches on that, but <laughs> they, they will really go up and do work. And, you know, Sometimes Zach will call me and he says, hey, we've got a meeting in Longstreet Hills. Do you want to be a part of it? Or Julie Clay may say something. I mean, it's, you know, they all get up and do the work Mm -hmm. and um, it just makes for such a strong council. Um, But we really, really lean on our staff. We have an exemplary staff uh, that really runs the city day in, day out. and, And we're fortunate in that regard. If you're just joining us on North Georgia Business Radio X, I'm your host. Honored to be here with Gainesville Mayor, Mr. Sam Cuvion. Sam, um, so I want to talk in a minute about all the different things of being mayor and city councilman. But I would think most people out there listening, I could be wrong, but most people would probably think being a mayor is a full-time job. This is what you do eight hours a day. That is not correct. No, we have, there's two forms of government, the strong mayor, which is like the city of Atlanta, uh, Columbus and Augusta, uh, Macon, they actually have strong mayors. But generally speaking, I talk to people about Atlanta, New York, LA, those big cities have a full-time mayor and they actually run the city as if they were the governor of the city. Mm. You know, and then you have the city council that acts like the legislative body of those communities. In Gainesville, we have a weak mayor system. I don't think we should call it that. And I, hey, look, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not bothered by that uh, adjective at Team all. Team player mayor. Yeah. Team I player mean, mayor system. At the end of the day, what it really means is we hire a city manager who is going to be making the day-to-day decisions on, you know, uh, how things need to operate. They're going to be the ones that make sure that everybody's showing up to work. They're going to be making a, uh, setting our agenda for us so that when we meet as a council, we're running efficiently. And so the city manager is actually running the city and he reports directly to the mayor and the council. Um, obviously we have a lot of influence over him. He's our, uh, you know, we're his direct report, but um, we put a lot of faith in Brian Lackey, who is our city manager, uh, Angela Shepard, assistant city manager. Uh, one of the things that I remember when we interviewed Brian was he thought it was important to empower his assistant city manager. And when he came on board, he uh, designated a couple of departments for Angela. So Brian runs, I think, you know, four or five of the departments, Angela two or three. 
And he's done a great job of delegating, and I think that's a real strength in leadership is somebody who will delegate and then uh, actually let those people do their job. And so we're very blessed from a uh, perspective. Uh, like we said, I said it's a weak mayor system. I don't think that shows uh, any uh, – that's not a description of how I operate as a mayor, but it's not how we we uh, operate as a community. We're, we are one of the most well-run communities in the state of Georgia, and we hear that often from people throughout. Oh, fantastic. So really, it's the, 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 the weak mirror system is that you all act as maybe a board of directors, or really just you're there as the representatives of the people and the oversight of paid employees. 100%. That's a, that was a great, uh, great description of what we do. Um, I remember I asked when I was running for city council, or I was being encouraged to run, I asked somebody, who was involved in city government? I said, well, you know, how much, how many meetings will I go to? And they said, Sam, you don't have to go to any. The only person you answer to are the people. And mm. um, so I thought about that. We have two work sessions and two council meetings each month. Each one of the council members is on um, two to three to four boards. You know, whether it be park and recreation, planning and appeals, airport, golf course advisory committee. We have any number of committees that we all serve on. But if the council member doesn't show up, I mean, it's not like they're going to get fired. That's just on them. At some point, they may have to answer to the people. So we, um, I do take, as a council member, I would say that I would take 15 to 18 meetings a month. Whew. As mayor, I'm probably taking 25 to 30. Um, it's just uh, the way I look at it, if I'm going to do it, I want to do it uh, full boat. I want to be uh, active. I want to be uh, available to uh, to the citizens. I had a phone call this morning at 7.30. Oh, and let's pick up with that call right after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. going to call Mayor Kuvion. I'm sorry, I couldn't help it. But we were talking <laughs> during the break, and Sam, I was blown away when you shared your cell phone is on the city site, and you get calls from constituents, and, and I was so impressed. You mentioned beforehand how, you know, the councilmen and women and yourself, you all, you're, you're there. You're, you're in this position to serve the people. You don't run from issues. You don't dodge from issues. It doesn't matter what the issues are. People call you you're there to serve um and so you get you get all sorts of calls all the time about all sorts of things yeah i mean you know one week it may be uh somebody with a stormwater issue and then the next week it may be somebody who wants speed tables in their neighborhood um you know i mentioned uh this morning i'm sitting there eating breakfast having my egg, eggs uh scrambled eggs and phone rings and i had left my car at harrison tire while I was on vacation, I thought they were calling me to tell me my car was ready. 
But no, it was a young man who was calling to tell me that he had gotten a speeding ticket and he was kind of trying to navigate the court system on that, which, I mean, I don't have a ton of answers for him. But I mean, <laughs> like I said, I could connect him in the right people. And the next thing you know, it evolved into him wanting a job and where could he look for a job. And so, um, you know, not a typical call, but those are kind of the things that, that I, you know, my wife came in she goes, who are you talking to? And I, she's like, why is that your responsibility? And the truth be told is, you know, some people just want to reach out and just ask for help. Right. And if it's me that they feel comfortable asking help of, I'm glad to help. A lot of times I'm just going to be a connector. I'm going to put them in touch with somebody that can help them. And, uh, and I'm happy to do that. Well, and, Knowing you, I've known you for many years, uh, you're a very well-connected and outgoing and passionate person, and I imagine you were very much a connector before you were even on the city council. That's how you roll. I, I agree with that. Um, you know, it's it's building a network is uh, something that's so important. I know, you know, based off the topic of this show about business, I mean, building a network is uh just so key, so important. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, my dad taught me when I was young that, uh, you learn by reading books and asking questions. And I probably ask more questions than I read books, (laughs) but you know, what it has allowed me to do is, um, and I think the most important part about that is being genuine. Mm -hmm. You don't want to ask questions just to be uh, talking, you want to ask questions because you genuinely care about what the people's answer, their response is. And, um, that has enabled me to build, uh, relationships, friendships. Um, I hope it builds a sense of comfort that if, um, I mentioned Harrison tire earlier, um, you know, if somebody asked me about, you know, where to take your car. Well, I mean, I've gotten to know Jim Harrison over the years and I ask him questions and he tells me about my car that I'm comfortable giving that. And I think that if it, you know, you talk about lawyers, I mean, I could give you a Mm -hmm. list of lawyers. We've got great law firms here in this community. And I just feel like, you know, people know that I'm out there talking to people and that they can trust that I'm not just talking, that I'm actually giving thought uh, about what I say. And so, uh, again, I think that network is so key in, uh, in everyday life. Mm-hmm. Uh, quick little aside and business lesson. I also take my cars to Harrison Tire and love Harrison Tire. If you need a place to take your car and you don't have a good spot, Go see the folks at Harrison Tire. And the reason I say that is 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 one word which you mentioned, and that is trust. And what an important thing in business to always make yourself trustworthy. Whatever they tell if they tell me it's gonna cost fifty bucks to fix my car or five thousand bucks, I really don't even question it. I might be more sad one way or the other, but I trust them. Uh with with you know there's no there's no lack in that trust and that's important because I don't know anything about fixing cars. It is so important and even you know uh with what I do on my everyday uh you know I sell insurance I'm partner at Norton Insurance and when people call me sometimes you know I give I I tell them you know I want them to trust me and if they're going to trust me then one of the things they've got to understand is sometimes the answer is no. Yep. Um I want to say yes. I want to be able to accomplish and help everybody every time. But sometimes the answer is no. And if, um, you know, uh, to your point with uh, with Harrison Tire, I can remember taking my car in to see them and had a problem with my heater and the fix was going to be $700, but we could try this other thing that it might only be $85 
they went the lease cost first and you know and it worked i only paid 85 dollars. well i mean the next year i was back in there with that same at some point i had to bite the bullet but you know i trust that they're gonna you know put me in a car that's going to be safe and uh, i take it to the bank and so i'm glad you have that same experience so you mentioned, and we started talking about earlier, m- most folks would think of mayor as a full-time job. They're strong mayor and weak mayor. That was a new concept to me. But yes, with your 25 to 30 meetings, you're going to as a mayor each month, plus all the time you spend in communications, emails, phone calls. But you are a working professional, unless you're just uh have a trust fund. Being the mayor of, of a great town like Gainesville is not going to be your full-time gig. So you are a commercial insurance agent. Tell us about that, Sam. Yeah, so I've I've been in the insurance industry since the early 2000s. Uh, I joined Norton earlier this year and was able to take over, uh, be a partner in their uh, division leader for their uh, employee benefits division. Uh, outstanding group. So we call them business owners. We want to, as an agency, we call them business owners. We want to take care of their health insurance, their commercial insurance, which includes um, uh, property and casualty, uh, uh, workers' compensation, general liability. Um, We're just a full service agency. We want to take care of people's homes and autos. And, um, you know, they're a hometown agency and they have a lot of uh, uh, good, uh, they've got a great reputation here locally. And I just feel really blessed to work with such a great group of guys. Oh, yeah. And insurance is something every one of our business owner or business leader uh, clients need. You have to have insurance. I often tell people nobody likes it until they need it. Right. And, um, you know, knock on wood, I've had my homeowner's insurance. I've, I think I bought my first house in 1996 or 97, and I've never filed a homeowner's claim. So, you know, almost you know 25 years, never filed a claim. And I happily pay those premiums, not only because I have to, but I happily pay them because I know that if something, if we had like those horrible storms that came through this weekend, if it did something to my house, then I would be covered. And so, you know, nobody likes to pay for the, pay those premiums, but when you have an accident and you're covered, it makes you, gives you some uh, peace of mind uh, knowing that you are going to be, uh, be taken care of. Oh yeah. And I, I would tell you, uh, business owners out there, as your business grows, uh, take it upon yourself. I mean, a good, uh, insurance agent should be asking you questions to make sure you've got everything covered. You need to, but, but take that in your head, make sure when something new comes up, you let your agent know. I mean, I know at the farm, we started really having a lot more inventory we were selling and now I have all these freezers. I thought, wow, I need to make sure that that's covered because I've got a lot at risk here with all these finished goods sitting here, a freezer bus or something. Yeah. Power goes out. And I mean, I don't know if you have a generator or, uh, but you, you can't have all your products sitting in a freezer and then the power go out and then it's of no use to you at that point. So you want to make sure you're covered and, uh, and a good insurance agent, as you said, is going to ask those questions and make sure that you're covered. Uh, a lot of times people feel like they're being upsold and just, you know, one more, one more type of insurance to buy. But, uh, the agents that I know here in town, they are, by and large, just very good, uh, honest, hardworking uh, people. They're not trying to gouge you. They're just trying to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, kudos to you for doing such a uh, such an expansive civic service as mayor while still working with excellence on your on your outside 
insurance practice. That yeah, takes I, a lot. I do. I do enjoy. Uh, I do enjoy my day job. You know, the insurance, uh, interacting with people. I mean, I love uh, seeing business owners who have. You know, there's nothing I respect more than an entrepreneur, somebody who's taken that chance and jumped out on a limb and started a business, and you know, learning from them. It's just. It's every day is is a different uh, different story, and it just makes your life very fulfilled. Mm. Well, I appreciate you taking great care of the businesses in our area, both by uh, providing them insurance coverage and as mayor. And we're going to dive more into that after this break on North Georgia Business Radio X. to take it downtown here on North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm your host, Phil Benelli. Excited to be here with Gainesville Mayor Sam Kuvion. Mayor Kuvion. Yes, sir. You can't help when you're going through the square anywhere near the square in Gainesville to think, wow, this place rocks. So much going on. Tell us your thoughts. Yeah, it's it's been transformational and um i mean i do hear some you know you do hear some negative comments from some of the old guard who remember woolworths and you know what it was like back in the 50s and 60s and um you know i certainly understand that i mean you know what are they saying well i mean they don't like the change they don't Mm. like the crowds they don't Mm. like you know they feel like it's too many people are down there and I think you know, like I've even I've talked to my wife about it, who grew up in Gainesville, and she talks about how vibrant downtown was in the '70s and '80s when she was growing up. And then I think it took a downturn, probably mid '90s, probably mm. to mid 2015ish, maybe 2010, when people left downtown. Mm-hmm. You know, people went to the malls, and you know, downtown was not a, a hub for business or a hub for shopping and restaurants. But we've seen that just revitalized and, um, you know, uh, it's just been unreal. I mean, we've we've got so many restaurants uh, that have come online uh, in the new Renaissance building. Uh, you know, Doug Ivester's investment in our community with um, Taqueria Tsunami and Boarding Pass Coffee and uh that tasty italian joint Cotto. i mean it's just phenomenal we're gonna have two more restaurants coming on to the side of the parking deck probably about a year from now and i'll say even i i, I the fourth side of the square seems so amazing and it's like wow it's so great there's just some little thing missing and then i think wdun's gonna be it's there gonna be it's there. gonna be complete and perfect hey i've been i've been told that i'm gonna be the first guest on there i'm gonna hold bill main to that all so, right uh, uh, we'll see. We'll see if that happens. But uh, but no, that that uh, you know, Lynn Darby School of Psychology is on the second floor there, and they've actually, believe it or not, we've got uh, the residences have been built out. We've got one residence I think is going to be occupied come September. So we're gonna have people living downtown. Uh, hey, on a roll. Um, the mm, new, mm-hmm. new one of the new uh, locations. I've been there a couple times. It's fabulous. Uh, Consuelo. Um, Oof. I, you know, also, uh, 
also like to give props to the people who have been invested in our downtown for, you know, over a decade. You know, the recess, mm-hmm. yellow fin, avocados has been around. Mm-hmm. Sweet uh, mags, going there for mags. lunch. Would love to see, uh, you know, uh, Scott's come back online. I know they had a uh, uh, accident with uh, frozen pipes over uh, the Christmas holidays. So would love to see them come back. But we're going to have over, you know, when all the build out of the residential components, we're going to have 800 to a thousand units. That's probably not even a third occupied right now. So there's going to be, you know, people say we don't need those restaurants. There's going to be a need. I mean, cause the residents are coming, uh, the opening of the hotel, um, you know, Marriott mm-hmm. courtyard, uh, Jeff Payne, Jonathan Collins, they, uh, uh developed this, uh, concept called the national that has the Marriott courtyard and has some residences, uh, right off uh, to the side. The Marriott Courtyard opens August the 7th. Wow. Um, we're hosting the Georgia Economic Developers Association, uh, you know, in uh, the second, third week of August, you know, bringing those in specifically because we had that hotel spot. We wanted to show that off and uh, we're going to show off our town, you know, Boot Barn Hall, a $15 million investment. One of the coolest things about Boot Barn Hall for me is, you know, the architect was Jeff Crocker, local guy. Wow. The guys that brought Boot Barn Hall were from Colorado Springs. They interviewed Jeff Crocker. They could have used anybody in the country. Jeff designed and built, had that built. They have since started a project in Frisco, Texas, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They're going everywhere. And guess who's the architect? Jeff Crocker, Gainesville wow. Zone. So it just shows you that, you know, here locally, um, Jody Cooley used to tell me, uh, you know, if you need an attorney, you don't need to leave Gainesville. You know, we have plenty of good attorneys here in Gainesville. If you need a banker, we've got the bankers. Architects, I mean, it just shows you that we're kind of being built out. Uh, our community is kind of self-serving. Uh, we can, you can take care of everything here. Uh, downtown's been transformational. Um, one thing that's uh, not as exciting to talk about that people don't doesn't get people excited, but you know we have a business park that is the largest business park in Northeast Georgia, going up over. I could just tell people Allen Creek, but it sits mm-hmm. kind of back in that area, and it's um, you know large lots, uh, maybe twenty different lots that can accommodate some large uh, large uh, sites. Industry, yep. Industry, and um, I mean it's amazing. One of the things that you know you asked me about me and mayor. One of the cool things that you get to do is when the governor comes to town, I'm able to be you know in his presence and speak with him. Another thing that I really like is when business businesses are coming here. You know, we have one of the best economic development gurus in the world, mm-hmm. uh, Tim Evans. Tim Gitterdun Evans. Yes. Tim will invite me to come and speak to a group that's considering moving to Gainesville. And they're looking at this business park. And because of the city of Gainesville, A, bought or well we owned the land but we put the resources in to build the roads to put the sewer and the power you know the power grid out there between georgia power jackson emc i mean we can accommodate some of the very largest businesses that would want to move here and because we've invested in that infrastructure it makes gainesville a desirable spot for people to come to and that's important because again we need to pe- we need 
to be able to create jobs and not just, you know, the hourly rate jobs. We want to pay good, well-paying jobs that make people move here, mm. that are going to go to our schools and that are going to shop in our supermarkets and go to our restaurants. And it just makes uh, Gainesville thrive altogether. So we have a great downtown going on. We've got uh, you know, restaurants moving. Uh, Tupelo Honey's going out to New Holland, uh, you know, across in that general area where the Kroger is. We're going to have a public supermarket, uh, Hilo Hilo uh, restaurant, Tupelo Honey all going there. And then who did you just uh, talk about over off Dawsonville Highway that's coming in there? First Watch, which I just learned about before the show from you. Very yeah. exciting. Yeah, so First Watch is coming out there. And that's one of the things that I like is that, you know, while downtown is bustling, we're also having things, seeing things come up, come around uh, on the outskirts of town because we need to spread the wealth. You know, we mm -hmm. need people, you know, not everybody can go downtown, even though we've built uh, a couple of new parking decks. Great and, parking decks. Yeah, Thank and, and you. we're accommodating those people. People are getting used to parking in a deck and not uh, feeling trapped in the deck. But we want these other businesses. We still want people to, to go out uh Dawsonville Highway and support those businesses. We still want people, you know, to 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 go out limestone. And what you're going to see is those areas are going to continue to develop more and more. Mm-hmm. Very exciting. Uh, uh, so many places to go and eat. Where does one even start? I tell you know, you. one thing that you mentioned about Sweet Magnolias, uh, um, uh, the Patels who own Sweet Magnolias, you know, they bought the Collegian. Right. And, um, you know, when the collegiate closed, uh, you saw it on their door. It wasn't closed, but maybe a week or so. But we can't have the collegiate closed. That's one of the staples. I talk to people about staples around Gainesville, and you have the collegiate, you have Long Street, you have the in-between deli. You almost don't even want to start talking about them because you're going to leave somebody out. But, um, you know, when I moved here, people talked about the cake box. I mean, that was a a staple from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, but it closed. We can't have a staple like collegiate clothes. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's the best burger and uh, just that vibe. I mean, people have been coming there since the 1950s or so. Mm. Uh, you know, just very important that that, that stays part of our uh, community. You know what I love about this community? It's so welcoming and it does just pour into itself. And I think about the Patels. As mentioned, I'm going to Sweet Magnolias today. Love it. Love the Patels. The Patels came to our community from another country and we're so glad they did and they are pouring in and taking over this staple that's been in downtown since before they were even in this country and that just so much describes Gainesville to me I did not I was not born in Gainesville I came here it's been so embracing and I love the way we just build things and people coming from not just out of town other parts of northeast Georgia but out of the country can come here and plug into that and be so embraced and loved and celebrated. Uh, bittersweet, Maricuvian, but we've only got one segment to go, and we'll dive into that and downtown development on North Georgia Business Radio X. Community does best 
when old man plants, plants seeds under whose shade they will never sit. That's not exactly how that quote goes, but that's the Phil Benelli version here on the fly. Welcome back to North Georgia Business Radio X. I'm here with a young man, Mayor Sam Cuvion, uh, and so many things we're, we've been talking about on the show of seeds that were planted sometimes a long time ago that allowed for the growth to happen now. What sort of view do you take? I mean, you've got to get things done today, but a lot of the stuff, it takes 10 years to happen, so you've got to have a today view and a long-term view. I'll give you a great example. I appreciate you asking that uh, question, but you see a lot of the dynamic growth going on downtown, and a lot of it is because of an instrument called TAD. Mm -hmm. Um, The city council in 2006 implemented something called the Tax Allocation District. And what that was put in place for was to try to revitalize downtowns. And you have these instruments. They're used throughout the state, throughout the country, uh, a lot of times in larger municipalities where people have just abandoned a downtown area and you're trying to revitalize it. You're trying to encourage people to come back and invest in the downtown area or in that district. For us, it happens to be uh, what I'm talking about is the downtown district. And what you see now is the wisdom of that council from 2006, mm. not one product, one project was used, did TAD get used on until about 2016, 2017. Now it has been so successful, we're closing the TAD down at the end of this year. So, you know, people, developers who are interested in TAD, you've got about five or six months left to get a project submitted. Otherwise, we're going to close that tad. But to name a few product products projects that have come up come apart come up about because of tad, you've got the soulless development. Think about that. That land across from what everybody called the bridge to nowhere was leveled in 2006, and nothing was done until about 2019. You have where the old jail site. That's another project that the city council purchase that that jail site and instead of having a jail sitting in the middle of your city we now are going to have a residential commercial development that is going to bring people to our community then over um behind uh more apartments have the tad behind the qt and then the national jeff payne is uh developing 70 investing 75 million dollars in uh that location And just so fortunate that Jeff Payne took the leap. Let me just tell you, that was the first National Bank of Gainesville. We had probably a half dozen people come through and kick the tires wanting to redevelop that building itself. But the way it was built with steel on the inside walls, you couldn't uh, remodel to the, mm. to your liking because you had structural steel that you would have to remodel around and nobody it just was not desirable ultimately because the tad was available that made it encouraging for Jeff to go ahead and develop it level it and then build right there now that's what we talked about in 2006 to get us to this point now you have to have a vision of why that mm-hmm. tad is important going forward because You know, quite frankly, our school board is not a big fan of TAD. The reason being, and I'm not, we have a great relationship with them. This is just a uh, a tough conversation that we have with them. But their thought is, okay, 
Doug Ivester built his new $25 million building and he received TAD, TAD money. They want, and I don't blame them, they want those property taxes that go towards the school system immediately. Well, you're not going to get it until about 2035 because the TAD, the money that is generated on that increased tax increment goes back to the person who invested. But when 2035 comes around and this TAD has been wiped out, it's going to be like turning a fire hose on. Everybody's mm. going to see the increased value in these properties. And part of the thing is people think that this growth would have come without the TAD. But I can tell you it's not. The reason we have the developers that come here and want to develop in Gainesville is because we have instruments like TAD. So it's the vision of somebody from 2006 it's the caretakers, the people who implement these projects in right now that then can see the vision of what's going to happen. This, all these products, projects that uh, keep coming on board here locally, it's really going to be a fruit of our labor down the road. And then, uh, you know, it's just going to be just remarkable for our community. So the TAD uh, took away taxes for a period of time. Basically, so it took a property out of the tax digest, but it's going to have a significant increase down the road. Not, not totally. So the school system and the city, everybody's made whole. So let's just arbitrarily use a number of $1,000. Let's say on that fourth side of the square, the school system, it was just a vacant lot. The school system, let's just say they were getting $1,000 a year. They continue to get their $1,000 a year, so it doesn't come off. Uh -huh. Everybody is still made whole. But now we have a $25 million property that has been invested onto that property. They get the $1,000, and then there's a tax increment that goes into the TAD fund, and then depending on how much the TAD committee, you don't get everything, but the TAD committee allocates X amount two different projects. So, you know, um, I think Doug Ivester on his project, he may have gotten like $1.5 million. That thing is going to generate more than $1.5 million annually as it, it mm -hmm. increases in value, but he will only get what he uh, was agreed to by the TAD committee. And that happens on any number of projects. And we have these big projects, but one of my uh, uh, favorite projects that got TAD money Andrew Oxley, the Oxley uh, Group, mm -hmm. old gas station sits right off of Green Street, right there in the, the downtown corridor. You know, he got, you know, $55,000, but he came in, he was one of the first ones to get TAD. He invested in downtown, took that old rundown building, made it desirable it's to be beautiful. In. The standard service restaurant those guys came in i mean i think they got like forty thousand dollars casey riles um invested in a building on the corner of broad and maple and he got you know thirty thousand dollars so it's not always these great big projects but it's it, it's encouraging people to take a building that is just sitting there you know dare i say being run down now you're going to get it up and running investing in it and then all of a sudden you have that halo effect now other people are building mm -hmm. and investing around you and it just makes everything more desirable and more vibrant here's something i love you're talking about real numbers and sometimes people think you know there's shady things in the government which is lots of 
levels of government. I'm sure there's plenty of shady things that happen at, di- at different levels. But in our local government, all of this stuff, people can see. There's nothing secret. We know the amount of tax savings here. We could project out this and that. And if people have a question, they can call up. People answer their phones. So uh, if you see anything out in town, if you're a Gainesville citizen or, or wherever you're a citizen of, don't go just randomly complain on Facebook. Call your representatives, call your local leadership, and ask them. It goes back to that connecting the dots that we talked about earlier. You know, if um, if somebody has a problem with their water system, you know, something, if, if they have a, a leak and they're calling a plumber, but then they had a high bill, uh, you know, they get intimidated thinking they're going to have to call a government entity. So, if you pick up the phone and call me or any of the council members, we will connect you with the right person mm. in that department. Um, you know, uh, people may have a see a stop sign that a, a tree has grown over and it's blocking. Well, I mean, they don't know who to call. If I told them, hey, call Public Works, they're, they don't know who to call. I know I can call Chris Rotowski, who's the director, and Chris is going to have a crew go out there, you know, that day or within the week and have it trimmed up. If your trash hadn't gotten picked up, you know, you see, I mean, a dead deer on Thompson Bridge Road. (laughs) If Sam Cuvion doesn't call and say, hey, we need to get this up, Phil Benelli needs to call Sam Cuvion and say, hey, I see a deer. Now, I hope I don't start getting a whole lot of calls about (laughs) dead deer, but my point is, me and Zach and Julie and Barbara and George and Danny, we all know who to call to help facilitate mm-hmm. any number of issues. Um, you know, we sit in meetings with our police chief and our fire chief, uh, you know, department heads from, you know, uh, water resources, parks and recreation. I mean, we, we are just very involved with all of this and we're happy to help. And uh, we encourage people to, uh, to reach out to us if you have issues. Well, Sam... On behalf of the business community and Gainesville and greater Northeast Georgia, thank you for all that you do. Keep rocking it for business. And thanks for being on North Georgia Business Radio X. You've been listening to North Georgia Business Radio X with Phil Vanelli. What local business do you know that should be highlighted on our program? Let us know. Just search North Georgia Business Radio X on Facebook or contact Bo at businessradiox.com. See you next time. And remember to support our local businesses.